I'm Susan Branscom, and this is Leading She. Some have a mentality where they're trying to defeat you or belittle you or what have you, and that's all noise to me. Mm -hmm. Eliminate the noise, stay focused, own your power, do you, (laughs) and um, just keep going. Don't give up. Barbara Turner is President and Chief Operating Officer at Ohio National Financial Services, a large insurance and financial services company. She is the first woman and the first person of color to hold the top spot at this 111-year-old company. When an opportunity for this position became available to her, she did not take it immediately, deciding to spend time reflecting upon her career direction. She believes women need to show up as themselves, be authentic, and refuse to believe what others may think or believe in us and have confidence. Enjoy listening to Barbara. So tell me about your career. You've had a fascinating career and uh, you've had some, you have some good stories to tell us today. So just tell us uh, your progression of your career, where you were educated and so forth. Okay, absolutely. So I was um, born and raised in Cincinnati. I've been here my entire life and um, from the west side of town, attended the University of Cincinnati and started in the financial services industry in 1980. Okay. Um, started off at a bank, um, spent time in several roles at the bank, um, but really made the decision that I wanted to stay in the financial services industry once I spent time as a trust associate in the trust department. Okay. Um, in that role, I learned a lot about um, legacy giving and charitable giving mm-hmm. and family planning as it related to financial um, wealth building and legacy planning and things of that nature. And um, it really really resonated um, with me the the fact that if you um, were diligent about saving and about um, planning for the future, that you could really make a difference and impact in um, your family's life Mm -hmm. and the community. And so um, I've been in the financial services industry ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from being a trust associate to then transferring to another bank and um, being a trust trader, a Fed funds trader, and a repo trader, um, I was then recruited away to work from, for an investment management firm and spent um, over nine years there. Mm-hmm. And um, in that role, I was responsible for operations and trading and systems, and I just really learned a lot about the financial markets and um, about again. Um, wealth management and um, the charitable nature of a lot of the families in greater Cincinnati and how they were impacting the communities Mm. and um, really leaving a legacy for their families. And again, just really resonated um, with me how um, financial security and independence could bring about um, freedom mm-hmm. for families and yeah. um, success for communities. And mm-hmm. so I, I've never really thought about changing industries. Interesting. Um, and mm. so from from there, I was um, I transitioned to Ohio National and I've been mm-hmm. with Ohio National for almost 23 years now. I started off running their retail broker dealer. 
I then um, reactivated our retail investment advisory firm. Um, under my leadership, the broker-dealer had um, something like 15 consecutive years of profitability, which I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. And um, the investment management firm, um, we grew to having over billions of dollars in assets under management. Mm-hmm. Um, I then was asked to develop a um, corporate compliance program. So I became the chief compliance officer while I was also still president and chief executive officer for the broker-dealer and the investment advisory firm. Mm -hmm. Um, I then ran our um, variable annuity line and um, from there um, became a member of the office of the CEO, um, which was established for succession planning purposes. And um, then became vice chair, and um, now I'm president and chief operating officer. Wow. So I've had a, um, I've, I've been really blessed um, to have a very successful career, and it's all been in financial services, mm-hmm. and um, it's um, it's served me and my family, and I believe our community well because mm-hmm. a, a lot of um, what I've done in each organization was um, really participate in our community efforts and um, help to um, expand financial literacy and independence and um, really um, help families and small businesses, um, mm-hmm. you know, secure their financial future. And so yeah. it's just been a, a good um, good occupation for me, but uh, more importantly, it's it's helped me to really give back mm-hmm. um, towards something that I'm passionate about. Sure. For for listeners that may not know what a retail broker-dealer is, what what is that? Okay. So a retail broker-dealer, it, it, well, number one, you cannot buy stocks, bonds, um, what we call securities, registered securities, without buying them through a retail broker-dealer. Mm-hmm. And so it's a registered firm through um, FINRA, which is a regulatory body. FINRA um, is overseen by the SEC. Okay. And, and basically, um, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, um, Payne Weber, firms of that nature, they are um, registered retail broker dealers. They offer okay. stocks, bonds, investment solutions, financial planning, um, wealth management programs um, for individuals and organizations. They have to have a license, Series Absolutely. 7 license? Or- yes. So there are a series of licenses. I have so, <laughs> the Series 7, the 24, the 53, the 27, the 63, the 65, yeah. um, the um, Certified Regulatory Compliance Professional Certification. And so um, when you run a firm, uh, quite often you're required to get or obtain uh, significantly more in, in mm-hmm. terms of of credentials. And so um, the credentials that I have through FINRA mm-hmm. um, enabled me to supervise um, investment activity I and see. to oversee option trading and municipal bond trading and um, financial and operations principle, meaning I can sign off on the financials and sure. things of that mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. Uh, well, I was with the life insurance company from 87 till about 93, Union Central Life Insurance Company. Okay. Okay. So very similar companies at one time, at least, in terms of size. Right. And I was in their investment department and commercial mortgage loans. Okay. That's what I did. And I know that Ohio National 
uh, does uh, uh, mortgage loans as well. I know Absolutely. Tim Biggs there. And, yes. Um, but um, yeah, same same kind of thing. It's always been a respected, uh, conservative old line company. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we really helped keep families together mm-hmm. and um, secure financial futures, and mm-hmm. so it's it's a very yeah. um, noble cause. I, yeah. I like our mission and, and vision and what we mm-hmm. do for families and communities. Yeah. How does it feel to be the first woman, the first woman of color, first person of color at Ohio National to, he- to head the company? Well, you know, I did not think about it until it was pointed out to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I really didn't, you what? know, and, and once it was pointed out to me, I thought, oh, all right, <laughs> you pretty know, rare. this is pretty cool, pretty you know, cool. and yeah. and I, um, you know, it. Um, I'm honored, and I, um, for for me, more than anything, it allows others to see that there's an opportunity that they too can mm-hmm. um, rise to this this level and do what I'm doing, and right. so um, for me, it's more of an example and and a challenge to others um, as to what they can reach for and mm-hmm. accomplish if they stay focused and right. do, um, you know, do a great job, do a good job, work yeah. hard, and that's why I invited you to be here because oh, thank you, your career and your leadership. Um, last year, you received an award, uh, 2019 Women in Leadership Executive Impact Award. And in an excerpt uh, from your comments, I noticed on LinkedIn, you said you wanted to thank your daughter and your sister for helping you celebrate the great event. They inspire you to lead with integrity, authenticity, courage, boldness, and empathy. Yes. Which is, oh. Yes. Getting chills again. How um, how have you used boldness in your career? Uh, why do you think it's important? Um, you know, boldness for me is about speaking up and out and having courageous conversations about um, issues that individuals sometimes don't want to address. Um, being bold is taking chances. Mm-hmm. Um it's putting aside your fears. Um, it's sometimes taking charge, and um, I, I feel that's what leaders do. Yes, and so it's it's a very important um, component of um, being a change agent, because typically, in order to change things that have been um, the status quo for a long time. Um, you have to be bold. You have to be fearless. Um, you have to demonstrate courage, mm-hmm. um, but you have to do it in a respectful manner. And so some people um, equate bold with aggressive. I, I don't feel it has to be aggressive. It mm-hmm. just has to be out there and fearless and mm-hmm. um with courage and respect. Mm-hmm. Saying what has to be said. You have a belief in something, and you see what needs to be said, and you say it. Right. And and be willing to stand behind your words. You right. know, Not back um, down. Stand for something. <laughs> yeah. Or Not back down. Right. Exactly. You know that you're convicted on Absolutely. How, you, how you feel and, and that you will not back down just because somebody doesn't agree with you 
or, you know, maybe pushes back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes being an outlier is a good thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> um, you talk about authenticity, uh, that women need to show up as themselves, as you say. And you say that we need to teach people to accept us as ourselves. What do you mean by that? Um, you know... During my career journey, I've gone through, um, I've witnessed um, periods, and, and it's, it's very depending on the decade, where, you know, women felt they had to dress like men or act like men or um, there was this scarcity mentality about how many women uh, could be at the top or what have you. And for me, it's, you know, showing up as my whole self. Like, um, for instance, I can't separate Barbara, the wife and mother and Christian and sister mm -hmm. um, from Barbara, the professional. I, I bring my whole self to every situation and I do not back away from the many roles that I play. I own them all. Mm -hmm. And um, the my experience experiences in each role shapes who I am as an individual. And I'm proud of that. And mm -hmm. so I just um, feel that people, you know, you have to be who you are. I mean, everyone else is taken. Yes, that's and right. And so you <laughs> can you, be your best self. Show right. up as your best self. Don't try to emulate or be someone else. Right. Um, own your power and um, yeah. be proud of who you are as who an individual are. and believe that you're enough. Mm -hmm. You know, your authentic self is mm -hmm. enough. I think it took me a long time to get there, but I feel like I'm there. Right. Uh, in my 20s, I, I wasn't there. I felt like, you know, the bank expected me to be somebody else. The, the, wherever I worked, that it, I was expected to be a certain way. So I sort of imitated that. Right. And now I've realized that it's okay to be a woman doing what I'm doing. And I'm all kinds of people in, in one person. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a grandmother, you know, right. and I'm not, I don't leave that at the door. I don't check it at the door to come into my work. Right. And I think what you're saying is we don't have to be like men to be effective and leaders, we are we bring ourselves, our yeah, feminine show selves. Show up as who you are. Right. Right. Yeah. Own your power. Own yeah. your your um, who you embody as an individual. Mm -hmm. Own your traits and characteristics mm -hmm. and and your experiences. Your experiences, and it's very liberating. When Absolutely. You get there. Absolutely. It's very, a lot of freedom on the other side. Um, tell me about how you use empathy in your leadership. How have you used empathy? You know, I really, I love people. I want to see everyone succeed. I want everyone to get along. and But empathy, I, I think, is all about caring. And I, I care deeply um, for, the for the stakeholders, for the people I encounter, mm -hmm. for the people we serve, for the people who serve us. And so for me, it's about about um, attempting to see things through someone else's eyes mm. and show understanding and um, taking the time to listen, to really hear 
as opposed to respond. Yes. And then try to understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, some people think of empathy and um, it's this mushy, um, you know, emotional thing. And for me, it's all about understanding and caring and meeting people where they are mm-hmm. and being responsive to who they are as individuals and what their individual needs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole movement on empathic leadership. Right. And it's a whole different style. Uh, as opposed to the command and control of the 50s or 60s, the male command and control. It's listening to people, taking what they say, and um, really hearing them. Right, right. And I think about even being a mom and having three children. Mm -hmm. They were all raised in the same household, but they're all different. Yes. And so (laughs) as a parent, I had to really pay attention and listen to understand that they had different needs Mm -hmm. and maybe I had to parent them differently Mm -hmm. because of who they were as individuals. It's no different in the workplace. That's true. They do. Your children do come out differently. Right, right. They do. Even though they're in the same household from the same parents, they do. They are different. Um, Tell me about your personal background. Where did you grow up? Siblings, parents? So I grew up in Cincinnati on the west side. side, Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, My, uh, well, mom and dad, and I have uh, eight siblings. Eight siblings. Seven sisters and one brother. Oh, that poor guy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, You know, he was treated as a prince, and so he was very fortunate. He had um, a lot of ladies doting on him. Doting on (laughs) him. Was he in the younger, younger? Uh, He's right above me. Okay. And what what order are you? I am the third from the youngest. Third from the youngest. Okay. So I I, um, describe myself as the oldest of the second set. My mother was widowed um, with six children, and then um, she had a second set, remarried and had a second set. I see. Okay. I'm the eldest of the second set. Wow. So you grew up on the western side, had eight siblings, and uh, what did your mother do, parents do? Uh, so my mother, for during my um, early years, she actually cleaned houses for a mm. living, and then um, she worked in several factories. Mm-hmm. My father also worked at a factory. Um, they were union workers yeah. and um, worked their way up, um, maybe pretty decent money, Mm -hmm. um, but did not um, have um, something that I'm passionate about, which is the financial um, literacy and the financial um, discipline um, that really resulted in financial security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think my my parents were similar. My, well, my dad was a union worker Mm -hmm. who uh, he was specialized in sheet metal. He was right. trained in sheet metal. And uh, I remember coming home one time from college, and I was learning about management versus union, and uh, that, that unions were bad, management's good. And my right. dad stepped me straight. He said, don't you ever forget that everything we have is because I was in a union. That's right. Everyone, yeah. There is a need for every type mm-hmm. of profession, right. be it union mm-hmm. or white collar, mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're making an honest living mm-hmm. right. <laughs> to support yourself and your family, hey, you're doing what you should be That's doing. That's right. And they work hard. They and work both very my parents hard. worked hard. Um, and then tell me about your family now. Um, you are you were divorced and remarried. You have three children of your own. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, 
I married very young and um, had my three children pretty young. And I, I think I had three by the time I was 22, 23. Okay. And um, so they're all adults now. Um, and I'm very proud of each and every one of them. Um, I remarried when they were six, eight, and ten. And um, my husband and I have now been married for 28 years. And oh, wow. So, yeah, it's um, it's been wonderful. Good. And um, we are proud of how we raised our children, and we're proud of the relationship that we have together um, as a couple um, and what we both do um, in, in terms of giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. so Yeah. And we had talked about uh, when you were divorced, mother of three, and how tough that time was in your life, you know. And oh, yes. uh, to work and really make sure your kids had what they needed. And it formed how you view giving back today. Absolutely. Am I right? Tell me about that. Yes. So I was a single mom for several years. And um, during that period of time, um, it, it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate in that my oldest sister was a stay-at-home mom, and so she helped with um, taking care of the children while I was at work. Um, but it was um, financially, it was very difficult. Um, I frequently slept on average three or four hours a day oh. because I got up early to get them ready, get them to my sisters, take the bus to work. And then I was really trying to advance in my career. And so I would sometimes work really long hours. And uh, again, fortunate that I had someone who I knew would care for my children sure. in the same way that I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, worked long hours, took night classes, mm. and... Um, you know, just really paid my dues while at the same time trying to set a good example for them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early earlier years when I decided um, to get a divorce, there were times where I didn't know, you know, how I was going to feed them or mm-hmm. um, I had to make a decision between whether or not I was going to eat or um well, I I didn't eat. There was no decision. It was, it was them. They they're ate. going to eat. But um, it was very difficult. And I, I think that also has um, resulted in me having a lot of empathy because people assume that um, single moms, uh, you know, are lazy. I can remember people assuming that um Hey, I had never been married, and which it really wasn't their business. But right. you know, assumptions were made about um, you know how I came to be in the situation that I was in, mm-hmm. and the reality is it didn't matter. I was a mom of three children, right. working really hard to set a good example for them and to take care of them, and mm-hmm. um, so now I really try to mentor young mothers mm-hmm. and to participate in causes that um, really is a, uh, not a handout, but a hand up, you know, Mm -hmm, um, so that people can um, work their way through their situation with pride and dignity and not be made to feel inferior or weak or um, a failure because they've um, encountered a tough spot Mm -hmm. in their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've lived it. 
And yes, so I've now you've, so I you've had it. success and built wealth, and now it's like, okay, right. I know what you're going through. Absolutely. You know? The assumptions I, people make, how hard this is, and how there are days where it's just like, how you know, can I get up and do this again tomorrow? Right. You know? Right. So. Yeah, but um, fortunately, um, for, for me, the true driving force were those three children and knowing that um, they um, deserve to have a great life mm-hmm. and to have a strong mom and a good role model. And um, they deserve to be happy. And so yeah. I had to be happy yeah. um, in order for them to be happy. Mm. Yeah. Great example. So how have how have persistence and endurance helped you in at that time or during throughout your career? In every aspect of my life. I mean, I... Um, I'm a fighter. I'm a survivor. Yeah. Um, I do not give up. Yeah. I do not give in. I um, go after what I want, but I do it with dignity and respect. And mm-hmm. um, I'm willing to pay the sweat equity, you know, but it's, um, you know, the, the word can't isn't in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I know that I can accomplish anything I set out to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a choice. When I had my children um, and I was raising them, I remember saying, you cannot fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot give up. You cannot be weak. Um, you cannot wallow in your pity. If you're going to cry, you need to do it once they're in, in the bed asleep. Yeah. Um, you need to carry yourself with pride and let them, what you present to them needs to be be a visual of success and our mom has it going on (laughs) and she's strong and she's a rock, you know? And so, um, you know, I'm not saying that um, it's not okay to have those down moments because I certainly did. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of times where I cried myself to sleep and didn't know how I was going to make it, but it was, I, I used to time myself and say, okay, enough. Toughen yeah. up, move Toughen forward. Up, bring in, yep. just pull up your bootstraps. Yep. And and how did you handle when there were times where you did persist, you did endure, and things didn't work out? You just had self-talk like you're talking about? and I had self-talk. Prayed, probably. And I, I understand that not everything is going to go your way, yeah. no matter how hard you work. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I do believe in fate. I do believe that... Um, You know, not everything that we think is meant for us is truly ours to have. And so um, I I never will beat up on myself or feel bad about doing my best or giving my all. Mm. I um, just conclude that it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, In 2018, there was a departure from the top spot at Ohio National, and you were asked to take the top position. And they were surprised by your reaction. Uh, They had expected that you would jump on it and say, sure, I'll take it. But that's not what you did. Right, right. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, well, I, um, you know, I, the opportunity, um, it all came about um, unexpectedly. I had been a member of the office of the CEO, Mm -hmm. and there were three of us, and um, the selection was made as to who would be the next president, which ultimately was to become the eventual CEO. Mm-hmm. 
And um, and I was happy for that individual. He's a very good friend, very supportive. We celebrated together. And um, shortly thereafter, um, he made a, a life choice that um, it wasn't for him for a variety of reasons. Um, and I, I mean, he's a dear friend. I supported him in the decision he made. Um, but I didn't expect um, to be approached, you know, within, uh, it may have been the same day, <laughs> yeah. to consider the role. It, it was definitely within a day or two. And um, I needed time to think about it. Yeah. And I think that surprised, um, I know it surprised individuals. You know, I needed to make sure that the role was right for me mm-hmm. and that I was accepting it. If I were to accept it, it was for the right reasons. Okay. Um, because I've, I've spent a lot of my career um, really just letting things happen. Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying this is what I'm going to pursue, mm-hmm. I've I've always worked really hard, and I've not had to really apply for roles or what have you. They've always come to me, mm-hmm. and uh, on one hand, that's admirable and great. But in hindsight, I remember thinking, but you know, I didn't always write my narrative. I um, let others write it for me. And so in this role, I said, you know, I, I need to think about this. And mm-hmm. so I um, spent some time in Arizona and I um, did kind of a um, T chart and pros, cons. Mm-hmm. And, and more importantly, um, do I really want this? Yeah. That was the question. Do I want this or will I say yes because I believe it's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And I ultimately decided I want this yeah. and I'm going to do this. Right. What uh, What do you think were the, what were the cons? I mean, what did you worry about? The cons, well, number one, you don't know what you don't know. And um, I also had a lot of empathy for my friend. Um, because he, um, we had talked about how I was going to support him in the role. Okay, and so there was an emotional component to sure. it for me He's as gone well. And then you'd be He's gone, in, yeah. and I'm transitioning yeah. into the role. Um, and then also time. I I knew that um, there would. Be a, a bigger time commitment, and I'm already very busy, mm-hmm. and um, so I I questioned whether or not I wanted to put in the additional time, um, and, and then just the um, <laughs> the being president of a hundred and ten year old company, um, you know, I I never questioned whether or not I could do it, yeah, um, but I did question whether or not I was willing to commit a minimum of another five to seven years in the workforce. Because okay. I was at a place where I was having those conversations with myself around, okay, how much longer am I going to work? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know I'm going to be a strong number two for this individual, but how long am I willing to commit to that? And so, you know, a lot of questions, but the cons um, – there were not many because I love the company, yeah. I love the people, I love the industry, 
I love this community. And so, you know, I was already in the top three in the organization. And so it wasn't a big um, transition, if you will. Mm -hmm. It was more of, are you going to be passionate about this? Or are you just saying yes, because you're being asked? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And how long did you take to decide about a week. About a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you come back and they're like, yeah, she left and she's thinking about it. We, she didn't say yes right away, you know. <laughs> and so you come back and you say, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there were conversations um, throughout while I was gone. And mm-hmm. so, yes. Yeah. yeah. And you're glad you did, I assume. I am. Yeah. I am. It was yeah. the right thing. Yeah. Perfect. Um, what? Um, let me ask you this. What do you think women want in their careers in the workplace? What do you think corporations need to understand about women in the workplace that are aspiring for promotions, uh, bigger roles? Um, what what do women want? So if I speak about women globally, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know that I'm an authority to do so, but no, yeah. I would say we want the same thing that everyone else wants. That the men want. Yeah, right? we want yeah. opportunity Um, We want to be treated with dignity and respect. Um, We want development. We want others to invest in us. Um, We want pay equity. Um, Yeah, we we want what what the men want. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't think. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't think there's any difference, really. There's not, but uh, I think there is, and maybe. with some people in corporations that make the decisions, there's a preconceived notion on what we do want. No, I, that we I, may or may not want the no. promotion. We may or may not want more money. And yeah. um, Well, I, I think that um, we need to be asked. <laughs> assumptions should not be made. Maybe assumptions should yeah. not be made. That yeah. comes up over and over in the yeah. podcast. Yeah, we, don't make uh, assumptions about what I want or what I'm doing. Exactly, or what's too much for me or right. what have you. Let me decide. I want a seat at the table. Yes. I, I want to be heard. Right. Um, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I want what um, every um, everyone else wants. Yeah, you know? and you've earned the seat at the table. You Absolutely. deserve the t- seat at the table. Um, when women have had, we talked about this, have had performance reviews, and you've said we have to keep track of our accomplishments, making sure we're prepared in a performance review to talk about what we've done. And that it's important for women to make sure they get credit for their ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, so I, I've I've noticed over the years, um, being in a leadership role, how um, many women would downplay their accomplishments or not even mention their accomplishments. And men would walk into the room for their performance review, and it was like, oh, I I breathed air today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was very like, you know, I I I showed up, and yeah. aren't you honored? And <laughs> and the women, you know, I would have to pull out um, information, just really help them to celebrate their wins, and yeah. so. Um, what I encourage individuals to do is keep track, write mm-hmm. it down, and to also have pulse check meetings 
with their direct supervisor Mm -hmm. and even some of their peers Mm -hmm. and have a discussion about what they're working on, what they've accomplished, whether or not there are additional opportunities, projects they can work on or what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't don't wait until a performance review. Um, Celebrate your wins throughout the year and make sure that... um, more than just your direct supervisor is aware of what you're doing. Yeah, that's a, a great... Uh, I've always done that, and I thought everybody else did it, but right. they don't always well, do it. it's so important. And, and then also, it's a way to look back on your accomplishments and feel good about what you've done. What you've you done. Know? I mean, I think sometimes we're so busy that we don't stop to just really celebrate. Yeah. And when you're keeping track... You know, you, you look and you say, oh, that was damn good. It <laughs> you is. know, yeah. I had a great year. Yeah, and sometimes your supervisor is so busy doing what she or he is doing already right. that they aren't, they may be surprised by, oh, that's right, she did that. Absolutely. You know, she did that too. Right. So it's Don't good assume, to remind them. Right. Do not assume that everyone knows what you're doing. Right. No, right. it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to. Ensure that everyone is aware and to take control of your career. Yeah. And another thing you'd said, which I think is along the same lines, women have a tendency to suppress their talents, making themselves smaller. Right. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I I see that in meetings all the time. Mm -hmm. I will slide notes to individuals. You know this. Speak up. Yes. Good. Yes. Yes. You don't have to make yourself small in order to to um, allow someone else to feel big. It's, it's okay for all of us to be talented and to have something to offer um, in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, some women wait until they're given permission to speak or until they're called on to mm-hmm. um, interject. And, and no, it's okay to um, sit at the table and Act as if you belong. I mm-hmm. mean, what's what's the use in having a seat at the table if you're going to suppress your talent or act as if you're not really um, supposed to be there, like yeah. you're just filling a seat? Right. I've often seen women, you know, everybody will gather at the table and it looks like there's maybe not enough chairs and they'll sit along the wall right. in the chairs. I'm like... Get pull your butt up, up here yeah, and, and sit at the seat. table. <laughs> yes, that's right. Because it's a way to kind of be away, be smaller, and I don't matter, so I'm going to sit over here. Right. And, and long people, before long, people forget that you're in the room. You're in the room. I think in a lot of ways we're socialized that way, right. that defer to men, defer to your father. He's going to – he heads the household or whatever, right. or it's your boyfriend. Don't be show that you're smarter than him or better than him. And we're socialized that way. Right, I agree. But we, we really can't bring that into the workplace. No. We have a right to be there. We are equals, and we need to speak up. That's right. Yeah. Um, for many years um, in business, um, there have been times when we talked about this, when I've been given signals that I'm not good enough, um, that I'm not smart enough, qualified enough, and while I worked to fight those messages I was hearing, sometimes they would get me down. Right. And you and I talked about this, and you have had the same experience. And the treatment of us by others can affect our confidence. What would you say to women about this, that 
the messages we get from people, how it affects confidence and what we need to do. Right. So I would, um, the first thing I would say is you have to know who you are and what you bring to the table Mm -hmm. and own your power. You also have to speak up Mm -hmm. and um, dispel myths and rumors around who you are and who you are not and what you are capable of of doing versus not. Um, I always tell people, you are enough. You are enough. Show up and do what you're capable of doing and do it well and um, eliminate the noise because Mm -hmm. that's all it is. It's um, a mentality. Some, Some have a mentality where they're trying to defeat you or belittle you or what have you. And that's all noise to me. Mm -hmm. Eliminate the noise, stay focused, own your power, do you, (laughs) and um, just keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, great advice. Great advice. Because I think there are a lot of obstacles and there are things out there where women can be demeaned and and dismissed and felt, you know, belittled. And, And you really have to say, I'm better than that, and right. I won't allow you to talk to me that yeah, way. Yeah, you have to call it out. You have to call it out. Call it out, yeah. and I've done that plenty of times. So I mean, I. there have been situations where I will say, well, why Why do you say that? Right. Or what do you mean by that? Right. Or is there a problem here? <laughs> you right. know, I, I call it out. Mm-hmm. You know, now early on in my career, I um, – I was a bit combative about it. Yes, I was too. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned how to um, do it in a way that um, gets the point across, but also allows me to be professional mm-hmm. and, um, but also be heard. You yes. Know? And so it, it doesn't have to be some big confrontation. It doesn't. But you have to demonstrate courage. Right. And um, call bad behavior out then, on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't let a lot of time um, lapse between the time that I um, confront a situation. Um, sometimes I call it out in a meeting in front of others, depending on what the situation is. Other times it may be a situation that warrants a special one-on-one meeting yes. where I can <laughs> really have a conversation with yeah. the person. And so, you know, yes. you said this and it really wasn't right. I didn't right. appreciate it, whatever. Exactly. Um, but it's it's pretty rare for people to be called out on it, and they're not used to it. The exactly. people that do that are not used to being called out. And sometimes, you know, you and I talked about being young and being combative. It doesn't have to be a combative right. thing. It, it can be just a disarming uh, question, like, what do you mean by that? Exactly. That's all. Exactly. And they're like, oh, she's asking me what I meant by that. And then you watch them watch squirm. Well, I yeah. had a situation not too terribly long ago where I called out bad behavior and someone accused me of being hostile. And oh. I thought, no. <laughs> no. We're having a conversation. That's right. And I'm asking a question. Right. Yeah, and I understand that because that's where that's where people will go often. Like, right. well, what's your problem? Right. You know? Right. Well, my problem is you've just criticized my work in front of everybody. Exactly. That's all. Right. You know? Right. And that doesn't mean that I'm hostile. There doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. Right. 
So we have to have the courage to stand up. We have to do that. We must. Yeah, we, we must. must. Um, tell me a good uh, gender bias story. We talked about different bi- gender bias stories, travel and various uh, things. Oh, I have plenty. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> but I, I um, historically, I've traveled with men a lot, and it um, never fails. Um I could show up dressed in a suit and with a briefcase and um, looking the part, and my male counterpart could have on shorts and a golf shirt and a baseball cap, (laughs) and someone will ask me if I report to him. Yes. Or if he, yeah, it's, it's always assumed that I work for the guy, that I report Mm -hmm. to the guy, Mm -hmm. or out of the blue, someone will say, oh, are you in operations? Yeah. Why do you ask? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. really, why do you ask? Yeah. Or if my husband and I are at an event, they will assume that I'm the spouse. Yes. Who is accompanying my husband as husband. opposed to him being my guest That's at right. the event. And so it it, yeah. it happens. It's unconscious yeah. bias. Absolutely. And we all come into the world, we see so much of things in a certain way that we say, okay, everything's like that. Right. And I've learned over time and in my advanced age not to assume those things. Right. Yeah, because we all have biases. We, yeah, we do. We're we do. shaped by our experiences. Right. We all have them. And so, um, but when it's... Um, obvious and it's um, gender bias, I, I call it out. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, my last question will be around your children. I have this feeling that your kids are probably very well adjusted and successful. What are they doing? They are outstanding. Yeah. Um, they are good individuals, individuals that I would love to have in my life mm. if they were not my children. Yeah, neat. Um, they, neat so um, my oldest son lives in Powell, um, up near Columbus. Michigan? Oh, Columbus. Yeah. Okay. And is married with two young children, and okay. he's an outstanding father and human being, and um, I'm, I'm proud of every aspect of um him as a person, just the the kind soul mm. that he is, the wonderful husband and father um, that he has become, and um, just this work ethic, and um, his um, he he's just a, a good soul. He gives back. Um, he is empathetic. Um, he. Um, embraces diversity like no one that I've encountered. Mm. I mean, he's just a great person. Mm-hmm. And um, he's my boo bear. He's your boo bear? <laughs> he's my I've boo got bear. a soft spot for my son, too. Yeah. And you yeah. have daughters? I, I have two additional children. Okay. I have a middle son, um, and he's also a great dad, a, a great person. Um, he's a mama's boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's um, he's a sh- he loves to cook. He's a chef, mm. and um, he's just um, he's still at different stages trying to find himself. Mm-hmm. But um, he is courageous and caring, um, loving, and um, just again a, a good person. Yeah. 
And then my daughter is kind of a mini me. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's um, she's single, no children. Live here and she lives here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an outstanding daughter and aunt and sister and friend, and um, she has a great career, a strong work ethic, and um, she's going to. She could run the world if she wanted to. Wow. She's very career-driven, but she's also very caring. She Mm -hmm. gives back a lot. As a matter of fact, I'm meeting her at a Go Red event after um, this podcast. And so um, she's she's just... um, She's a firecracker. Yeah. And, does she um, ask you for career advice? She does. And yeah. we we spend a lot of time. Um one one thing that I've um that I did with her from the time she was a preteen was take her on business trips with oh, me. Nice. I um you know, the boys had tons of examples and opportunities and, you know, a lot of men to look to as examples in Mm -hmm. terms of um, executives and things of that nature. And she did not have very many. And so I um, started taking her on business trips with me when she was a preteen. And she went with me every year for like maybe 20 years. And still, she's going on a trip with me tomorrow. But... um, Really to help build confidence, help her feel comfortable, work in a room, um, allow her to observe how how business is conducted, um, and to um, really just have her feel confident about um, the circles that she could run in and Mm -hmm. the fact that she belonged and any situation she chose to insert herself into from a career perspective and um, to just, I wanted her to be fearless, and she is. Oh, I'm sure she is. Yes. Yeah, she got the bug for business, too. She, she does. Saw it, watched she does. you. And, um, you know, we're the first mother-daughter to be um, nominated and selected for YWCA um, Rising Star Program. Oh. I was in one of the first classes, oh, and now right? she's going through the program. So oh, I was pretty excited. Yeah, for I was her. involved with the Rising Star Program yeah, for yeah. years. Yeah, wonderful. I may have met her. Yes. Along the way. Yeah. Um, well, Barbara, thanks for coming in. I've been excited about talking to you, and I've just been delighted to have you in and loved our conversation. Well, thank today. you. Thank this you. has been wonderful. And yeah. thank you for what you're doing oh. to bring awareness um, to mm-hmm. um, the great women in Cincinnati. Yeah. It's just I've listened to the podcast. It's there all outstanding Thank and they're you. all women I look up to and right. I'm friends with and so yeah. and I've learned something from learned each something. podcast. And right. so you're never too old to learn more. Right. You know? Right. And so I hope yes. that everybody listens to the podcast in that vein. It's not just young women, but other women that have had long careers might hear something that somebody else does Absolutely. and learn from it. Yes. So thanks yeah. again. Well thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Thanks, Susan. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review. Follow us on Instagram at Leading She. And visit our website, leadingshe.com, where we have many great ideas for women leaders.